You disgust me. You're vile. But I guess it isn't your fault that you were made this way. So you're not going to kill me? What? No. God, no. Let's get you fixed up so that you can stop killing people. Well, I have to admit, this is not exactly how I thought my life would end. Come on, let's go. Mercy is one of the three virtues when it comes to Hunters the Reckoning. Hunters who follow the virtue of mercy, they are more likely to believe that there is something to be saved in all monsters or all creatures. Hunters with this virtue tend to be just a little bit more respectful than most of their peers. If you could call a hunter cheery, these are the cheery ones. They are always looking for the balance that can be struck in life, in deals, negotiations. They're, they're pretty good negotiators. If they ever take something, they will almost always leave something of equal value in return for the trade. They just believe in this balance so much. So who are the hunters that follow this virtue? The biggest mistake anyone can make when dealing with a hunter with the mercy virtue is thinking they are weak or pushovers. Many people falsely believe that they don't have the stomach to make tough decisions. Make no mistake, those that follow in the virtue of mercy, they will absolutely get the job done. They will not hesitate to destroy the wicked or the evil, especially if those they are pursuing have zero guilt or remorse for what they've done. If a hunter who follows this virtue believes that there is no saving for you as the evildoer, they are some of the most dangerous, the most powerful and zealous hunters you will ever run into. Those that follow the mercy virtue, they believe and they envision a world without monsters, and they will do anything to achieve it, but they will try to save those that they can along the way. They understand that everything has nuance to it, not everything is a black and white scenario. If a hunter who follows this virtue gives someone or a creature a second chance, and that chance is abused, may God have mercy on your soul. Hunters don't actually decide what virtue they're going to follow. It's not a general conscious choice, but it is a buildup of a worldview that the hunter would have held before they were imbued. Some parts of them before they got spoken to by the messengers would already have aligned with this way of thinking, and when they see what's happening behind the curtain, many will still hold on to that belief, all will have their belief system challenged. Most will continue on the same line of thinking, some will change entirely. But their belief system forms the basis of how they will interact with these supernatural creatures. It also determines which edges the messengers will bestow upon them for the hunt. And as the hunters grow in power, their edges will also grow with them. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon for a hunter to become quite emotionally unstable. Some hunters have increased their power so much, they became a threat not only to the supernatural beings of the world of darkness, but they also became threats to hunters themselves. Now within the mercy virtue, there are three creeds. Creeds are an outlook on life, and again, these are not quite simple or straightforward lines of thinking. Each creed is a form of belief system, and to each hunter, there can be their own interpretations of that belief. But for our purposes, we can make a few generalizations. The first creed that we're going to talk about is the innocent. Innocents view the otherworldly creatures with optimism, a sense of near excitement to be able to talk to them, communicate with them. They don't see monsters so much as they see something that needs to be understood and communicated with 
on their level. They don't view the creatures of the night with pity. Even within this creed, there are those who are quite divided on the best way to handle things. Some who follow the creed of the innocent, they abhor killing in all forms. Some are okay with killing just the really, really bad monsters. Some who followed the creed of the innocent have even been known to undermine other hunters' abilities or other hunters' hunts. But the general theme here is the innocents believe there is a spark of goodness in everything and monsters just as much as mankind deserve a chance to have it shine. Innocents are also useful because they can create powerful charms. Now they must have a very strong connection to the person they are giving their charm to in order for it to work. And the charm must have a meaning for both parties. The Creed of Martyr, they believe in defending the innocent, defending the weak, but they will do so by putting themselves at great personal risk. Martyrs are a pretty miserable lot. They know the decision that they're making is bad and they know that they are sacrificing themselves and some of them don't like it, but they're compelled to do so anyways. Martyrs feel that they have been called to a higher purpose. Martyrs have special abilities that support others, but it comes at great cost to themselves. This is known as communion, so they can share strength with others that need it. The ritual that grants this is almost like a contract between the martyr and the, the person who's getting the support. It sets the conditions and the terms for how support is going to be given. And once the bond is established, the subject of that is able to draw conviction from the martyr in their time of need. Redeemers are a creed that believe not all monsters are evil, just most of them. They also believe that monsters and the supernatural beings are entirely unnatural. That's just blanket statement. And when it comes to the supernatural beings, those who should be saved, only those who prove themselves worthy should be saved. And in some cases, this just means a nice clean death. For example, if a redeemer is fighting some undead, they might give the soul an opportunity to be cleansed through holy fire. At least they believe that it purifies the soul. But again, not everything is black and white. When it comes to other creatures like werewolves, vampires, maybe even mages, the decision on how to cleanse and purify the soul is much more difficult to make. When it comes to the edges redeemers get, they tend to have abilities that let monsters or creatures see the error of their ways. And in some cases, redeemers have been able to create a powerful source. This is something that monsters can draw food or energy from. In the case of a vampire, instead of feasting on human blood to sustain themselves, they are able to instead sustain themselves on this source. And only one creature can have a source, and a source can only be made for a specific creature. It's very personalized. Only the most advanced redeemers do this process because of how complicated and drawn out it can be. If you would like to know more about Hunters the Reckoning, then please click on the playlist on your screen now. Thank you to all of my patron supporters for staying with me and supporting me as long as you have. My name's Nathaniel. Thanks for stopping by, everyone.